Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. When you think about New Year's and New Year's Eve, what do you initially think about besides all the football people in the room? We don't, we're not, not football, but we think about what? New Year's resolutions, all right? New Year's resolutions. Now, I'm not really like a New Year's resolutions kind of person. Uh, Bethany and I are, are really like goal-oriented people. We set goals, whether it's the beginning of the year or middle of the year, uh, and we try to like strive after those goals. Like we love setting goals and going after them, but we, we immediately think of like New Year's resolutions. It's just natural that we all like start to think of like, what am I going to do in 2024 to make my life better and be a better person? So with that same vein, I came up with the top five New Year's resolution fails, just to start off the message, just, just on, on a light note, but the top five, so I have them for you. You can steal them too. But number five is this. My New Year's resolution was to not have a resolution, so I wouldn't disappoint myself. I still disappointed myself. Resolution fail. Number four, my resolution was to read more, so I put the subtitles on the TV. Resolution fail. We've all, been, we've all done that. Uh, I do that now just to, to hear what I'm, to know what I'm watching as my kids scream. Uh, number three, my friend's resolution was to text less. And I knew that because he texted it to me. Resolution fail. Number two, uh, for all my weight loss goal people, here you go. Uh, my plan was to eat healthier this year, but I saw on Facebook that someone was selling Girl Scout cookies. So there goes that resolution fail. And my favorite, number one, my New Year's resolution is to help all of my friends and family gain 10 pounds so I look skinnier. Resolution. That's my plan. That's to make me feel better about myself. But uh, you're welcome to steal those, of course. But I'm not, again, I'm not a big New Year's resolution person. Again, I'm a big goal-oriented person. I like to set goals and strive after those goals. Uh, but what is it about New Year's that makes people want to have these New Year's resolutions? What is it about New Year's that people kind of like want to have this new beginning and, and kind of st- start new? And I feel like the answer's in that just right there. People want this fresh start. If, you, if we can all be honest, we all use New Year's as kind of this fresh start in our lives. And, and people hunger for a fresh start. People hunger for a fresh start in their lives, and they hunger for a fresh start on their jobs with their bosses, maybe maybe a fresh start with the pay increase. That would be, you know, a lot of people that work, that would be great for the, for the new year to have a pay increase, uh, to have a fresh start with their coworkers and favor with their boss and favor with their sales uh, numbers. Uh, so they, they hunger for this fresh start on their jobs. They hunger for a fresh start in their marriages. Maybe they want a fresh start with having a deeper intimacy with, with their spouse and, and have a better relationship with their, their spouse, their husband or their wife. They, they, they hunger for a fresh start in their marriages. People hunger for a fresh start in their families. They want to have, they, they, they hunger for more intentional time at, at a new year with their family. They, they hunger to, to not let the busyness get, get, a, get a hold of them and get the best of them and to have, to have more intentional time with their family. They hunger uh, and 
this is a play on words for a late weight loss goal. Like they, they hungered to have a fresh start in losing the weight that they said that they were going to lose the year prior, but they actually gained more. And so they hungered to be, you know, in better health. And that's not a bad thing at all. So they hungered to have a fresh start in that. But then they also hunger uh, to have a fresh start in their choices and in their identity. People hunger for a new fresh start in their identity. They want to have a new and better version of themselves. And there is nothing bad about that at all. There's nothing bad about wanting to pursue being a better person and striving to be better in your life. But in that, I I truly do believe that it should start with this pursuit of God And, and, and hungering for a fresh start in your life and in your family. It should all start with this hunger to pursue God more and for God to do more and, and new things in you and through you in your life. It should, it should hunger to be open to God and his plan and his purpose for your life. It should start with that, you, to let God do a new work in your life, in your family's life. So today, if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, we're going to look uh, at, at Ephesians 2, uh, and Ephesians 2 was written, Ephesians was written by the Apostle Paul uh, to the church of Ephesus, and so we're going to read Ephesians 2, 1 through 10 today, uh, and look at this letter that, that Paul wrote to this church at Ephesus, and it says this in the New Living Translation, verse 1 through 10, a little long, 10 verses, stick with me. All right, I'll try to make it fun uh, so keep your attention. But once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit, he is, he is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God, I love this, but God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is, the only, it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point us, point to us all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us, as shown in all that he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. And I love continuing in verse eight. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. So the Apostle Paul is writing to this church in Ephesus and Ephesians to encourage them in their pursuit of God and encourage them in their faith and, and to keep striving after God and, and, and realizing that they need to keep pursuing God with a deeper passion and with a deeper burden in their life. And, and today, that's what I want to do for you. I want to encourage you to pursue God this, this coming year and in your life with, with a new burden, with a new passion, to be open to what God has for you in 
and your family and let him create you anew in him because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. I love verse 10 in Ephesians 2 where it says, for we are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus to do the things that he has planned for us long ago. Now, to be honest, I'm not the most artistic person in, in the room. I, I don't, I, and, and if there's any art teachers or artists in the room right now, I just want to say I'm sorry. I also think I'm probably the least interested person in art, probably in the room. I don't know what it is. I, God just did not gift me with the, like the desire to be passionate about art and to like, if, if I drew you a stick figure of a person, it would look bad. That's just, just he didn't gift me in that way. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. He gifted my wife, great at it. Uh, my siblings were fantastic at drawing things. Me, terrible. I can't paint. I can't do anything. So I don't know what it is. I'm just the least gifted and least probably interested in, the, in, in art in this room. But I love in verse 10, and it sticks out to me that it says that for we are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. When I think about the word masterpiece, my mind immediately goes uh, to the Mona Lisa. Uh, It goes to the painting by Leonardo da Vinci. Now, I didn't know Leonardo da Vinci uh, painted the the Mona Lisa until about early this week. So that shows you how interested. I thought it was Picasso. I just let you know. I'm complete, I'll be completely honest up here. I can't be. I didn't know. It's okay. I, I'm just not interested. He, he didn't give me to be interested in art. But I think about the Mona Lisa, the, the woman painting. You all know that. Uh, but I think about that when I think about a masterpiece that Leonardo da Vinci created and painted this masterpiece that, that people and artists and uh, people look to and consider this masterpiece. And I guess it is. I think football is a masterpiece. That's just... In, in my opinion, uh, Alabama football, to, to be honest. But, uh, <laughs> but so thinking and thinking with this imagery of this painter painting this masterpiece, Leonardo da Vinci uh, painting the Mona Lisa, and it'd be considered this masterpiece, thinking with that imagery, our lives are this canvas that God is painting and God uh, is designing, and we are his masterpiece. He has created us at the beginning of our lives as a masterpiece, and he is calling us his masterpiece. So we, each one of us are God's individual masterpieces. And I do want to pause here because when I think about that scripture and that part of the scripture, and I've thought about it for years and years and years, but when it says, for we are God's masterpiece, If you're like me, sometimes you might struggle to believe that. Sometimes you might struggle to believe that you could be God's masterpiece, that that you could possibly be this masterpiece that God created and he's proud of and he wants to show it off just like people want to show off the Mona Lisa. Like it's, it's sometimes hard for you to believe that. And today, if that is you in this room, I want to encourage you, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are God's masterpiece. He's, he's created you just how he wanted to, and, and you are uniquely formed, and you don't have to doubt that, and you don't have to, to worry about uh, your self-worth because you are God's masterpiece cre- uh, created for him and created for him to show off. So be encouraged by that today. But 
today, I want, I, want to get to, I want you to get to this place of surrendering yourself to the creator, to surrendering yourself to God. And even though we may not feel that masterpiece because of our shortcomings, because of our sin, because of our, our, our mistakes that we have made and, and what we look like on the outside, I want you to get to this place of surrendering yourself and your life and your plans and your 2024 to the supernaturally perfect artist that does not make mistakes. He does not make junk. And I want you to get to this place where you surrender your life and be open to him forming you and designing you because God has a plan and a purpose for your life. God has a plan and a purpose for your family in 2024 and, and so on and so forth. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. So today, with it being the end of 2023, whether we believe that or not because it's so, it came so quick, and going into 2024, what are some things that we can do to let God do something new in us. We saw it created anew in, in, in Ephesians 2, verse 10. What are some things that we can do to let God create us anew and, and to do new things in us and through us? And I'm sure there's a lot of things that we could do, and if we read scripture, we can, we can find more than just these three. But today, I want to I share with you three that I believe God's placed on my heart for us going into 2024. And the first thing that I believe that we can do to be created anew is to reflect is to reflect. Somebody say reflect. Reflect. Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, uh, Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus, and, and he's reflecting on what they used to be. And it says this in Ephesians 2, 1 through 3. It says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many since you used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers and the unseen World, He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. So we all used to be dead in sin because of our disobedience. The Bible says that all have fallen short of the glory of God. All have fallen short. Each one of us has fallen short of the glory of God. We all have a past. We all have mistakes. We all have shortcomings. We've all messed up. And, and have a lot of us in this room, I feel like everybody in this room could agree that sometimes we just have continually messed up and, and beat ourselves up for messing up. But we all have a past. We've all messed up. In 2023, we all fell short in one way or another, whether we would like to admit it or not, if we step back and looked at this past year, we could all say that we fell short in some kind of way in our life, in some kind of way in our pursuit of God. Does anybody know the, the purpose of the rear view mirror? Does anybody know the purpose of the rear view mirror? Now, as a parent right now in a minivan, the purpose of my rear view mirror uh, is, is to check on my kids in the back and why they're screaming and fighting each other and what they're, you know, what they're doing and checking up on them. That's the purpose of my rearview mirror. Now they created backup cameras, so we use that. But the original purpose of the rearview mirror is so that you can glance back at what is behind you while you're driving, 
while you also stay focused on what's ahead of you and where you're going. Am I right? So the purpose of the rear view mirror isn't made for you to stay focused on what is behind you. It's not made, made for you to just look backwards and look at what's behind you uh, and, and, and hope that you're going to get to where you're trying to go. That's not the purpose of it because of what happens if you did that. You crash into things, you go the wrong way, uh, you hit curves, at least that's what happens in our cars, I guess. Uh, but we, we go the wrong way, we crash into things, we mess up, and, and that's what happens when, when we just stay focused on, on what's behind us while driving. So the purpose of the rear view mirror is just to glance at what is behind you while you stay focused on where you're currently headed or where you currently are, where you're currently going. And that's exactly what our past is for the purpose of our past is to glance back of what we have gone through and been through while we stay focused on where we currently are and where we're currently headed. It's to stay focused <clears throat> on where God has us and where he's taking us while also looking back and seeing how far we've come and what we made it through, but then also to use it as a tool in our daily lives to learn from. And we've all heard like learn from our mistakes and learn from our past. Uh, and, and that's what our past is for, is to learn from and to use it as our tool to tell others and, and to teach others to not do certain things and to, to go a certain way. It's used as a tool for our present and future Life, And I think that's why so many people continually crash over and over in their life or go the wrong way in their life, because there's so many people in this world that are so focused on their past and so focused on what's behind them and so focused on the mistakes that they have made and so focused on the shortcomings that they, that they have done and, and so focused on their inabilities or their, their, what God hasn't gifted them with, that they're so focused on that that they go the wrong way or they crash into what's ahead of them. And that's not what our past is for. Our past mistakes and hurts and shortcomings and sins aren't meant to imprison us in guilt or in shame, but they are, are to be used as a tool to reflect back on, to help you and to help others in your life. And, and, and they're, they're to be used by you to help testify that, you, that others can make it through the mess or the struggles that you have made it through as well, they're 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 used. They're they're there for you to use them as a tool. And God, even though you messed up, even though you fell short, and and you didn't do all that you set out to do, God can still use you. God can still use you. And when you reflect on this past year, I, of course, I don't believe. Now I'm a lot like Pastor Jeremy. I don't I don't see the glass half full. I see it all the way full, whether it's half full or not. Uh, so I don't, I don't believe in always just looking at the bad, but as you reflect back, think back about the good. Think about the goodness of God and what he brought you through. Think about the times in your life that you may not have, should have made it through something, but God's goodness and God's uh, deliverance brought you through. Think about the good times with your family. Think about the good times of pursuing God and, and the, the deeper intimacy that you went with him. Think about those good times so that you can be reminded and you can remind yourself about the goodness of God and that he's faithful, that you can trust in him and you don't have to, to be weary in your faith because he is good and he has been good so you can trust it today as well. Take the time this week to reflect on your life and your pursuit of God so that you can learn and grow from. So the first thing we can do to do something, uh, we can do to let God do something new in us and through us 
is to reflect back on this past year, the good and the bad, and maybe even the ugly. The second thing we could do to let God do something new in us and through us is to reset. Everybody say reset. 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 Now, my favorite button <clears throat> as a kid on the Nintendo 64, everybody remember Nintendo 64 in this room? I feel like everybody in this room should know what a Nintendo 64 is, unless you're like a teenager or like a young, young adult. Uh, but uh, my favorite button on the Nintendo 64 was the reset button. Now, I'll tell you why. My favorite button was the reset button because a lot of times when I was playing video games with my brother or my cousin, and I got to this point. Now, this is this is me confessing. I wasn't a great kid sometimes, uh, but when I saw that I was about to lose, you know what I would do? I'd just reach up and hit that reset button. Man, you know how many fights were started in my house or other people's houses because I would realize I'm not, I'm not winning at Mario Kart, so I'm just going to wait till we get close, and then, oh, you thought you won? Hit the reset button. This is, this, is, this is confession right here. I wasn't great when it comes to that. I wasn't a great loser, I guess you could say. Um, so, uh, but one of my favorite buttons was the reset button, and why? You know, what does the reset button do it starts things over it, it, it starts uh things from the beginning so when i would hit that reset button man it was like not the start of the game it was like the start of the fight then this then the fight happened but the reset button in resetting starts things over and it starts in from the beginning it starts this fresh start and and a slate uh, a fresh slate clean uh if you could say but uh in ephesians 2 we see this in ephesians 2 4 through 6 as Paul's writing, it says, but God, so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is, the only, it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So because of the great love of God and, and the love that he has for us, even when we were still sinners, he gave us a new life. He gave us a reset. He hit the reset button for us. He, he reset our relationship with him and reconciled us with him. Uh, he sent his son Jesus to this world to live a perfect and blameless life, but to die on the cross for our sins so that we can hit so that so that he can basically hit the reset button in our lives. Some of you going into 2024, you may just need to hit the reset button in your life and in your pursuit of God. And when you do that, you need to set your minds and your hearts and your souls on the things of God. You need to set it first and foremost on God that we see in Colossians 3, 1 through 3, where it says, since then you have been raised with Christ Set your hearts on the things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on the things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden in Christ in God, with Christ in God. Like I said earlier, there's nothing bad about setting New Year's resolution, uh, New Year's resolutions and having New Year's resolutions or setting some goals and striving after those goals. But what would make the biggest impact in your life in this new year and, and going forward in your life is setting your heart and your mind and your soul on the things of God. It's, it's, it's prioritizing God first 
in your life. It's resetting your priorities first and foremost on God and your pursuit of God. Reset your mind and your heart on being open to what God has for you and your life and your family and surrendering your life to him, to to resetting your heart and your focus on God. You need to set your minds and your hearts on pursuing God and the things of God in your life. And as you do that, letting God shape you and mold you into the masterpiece that he has created you to be, to let him create you anew in your life. One of my favorite people in the Bible is David. I love David. I, don't, I, I could tell you a lot of things about why I love David, but I loved David. I love reading about David and studying David. And I think, I think it's because David was this shepherd boy. He was the youngest of seven brothers, uh, seven sons. Uh, he was kind of cast out and kind of left in, in the fields, and uh, I'm the second of four, so I don't really relate to that of being the youngest, but he was, he was cast out, and, and when someone came, when they came to anoint the next king of Israel, his dad didn't even like bring him in. He just left him in the fields, and so here you have David who's cast out, who's kind of just left out, this shepherd boy, but God anoints him as king of Israel and calls him to be the king of of Israel, and he did so many great things. David, you know, conquered Goliath. He did a lot of great things for Israel, but he did also did a lot of terrible things. Am I right? He also did a lot of bad things. And a lot of times, you read about David, it's like, man, it feels like he did a lot of bad things more than he did good things sometimes. But he fell short. He had a past. He created a mess in his life and with his life. But what I think I love most about David. Is his heart to continually come back to God and continually ask for forgiveness and continually be open to, to God and him creating him anew and pursuing God and, and surrendering his life to him. He always came back to God with this, with this passionate surrenderance to God. And we see that in Psalms 51, uh, verse 10 through 12, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, that David comes back to God after he had created, after he had committed sin, and he, and he gives this confession to God, and he asks God to create him anew. In Psalms 51, 10 through 12, it says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me, within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. David was crying out to God for him to purify his heart. He was crying out to God to reset him. He was crying out to God and saying, God, I surrender. God, I've messed up. I confess that I messed up, but I need you to purify me. I need you to create me anew. God, I surrender to you. God, I need you. Renew me. Renew my spirit. Renew the joy of my salvation. And he had this passionate openness and surrenderance to God, and I believe that that's what God wants from us. Can in 2024, can we just get to a place where we say to God, can, uh, can uh, we say to God, God, restore me, God, renew my spirit, renew my passion for your word, renew my passion for you, renew my uh, pursuit of you, create in me a pure heart. Can we just get to this place in 2024 where we have this openness to God to say, God, I'm a mess, I've messed up. 
I know I messed up. I have shortcomings, but God, I need you. I need you to move in me. I need, me, I need you to create in me a new, uh, do, do new things in me. I need you to create me anew, and I'm open to you. If we can just get to that place, I believe God is going to bless it. I believe God will use us in ways that we never thought that we could be used. He will create us anew and do new things in us and through us. If we just get to this place of saying, God, I hit the reset button, like I reset everything, I give you it all, I surrender it to, to you, and I need you to, to, to form me and to shape me into who you want me to be. We need to hit the reset button. So the first thing we, we see in Ephesians 2 is that we need to reflect back on the good and the bad and reflect back on this past year and reflect back on, 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 on the goodness of God and how we could have done better or how we could have done things a little differently. But we also need to hit the reset button. We need to reset our focus in our lives on God and the things of God. And the third thing that we read in Ephesians 2 that we need to do going into this new year is we need to let God renew us, renew us. Everybody say renew, renew. So in the scripture that we just read in Psalms 51, we saw that word renew. We saw that word renew where, where David says, renew a steadfast spirit within me. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. We've read in Colossians 3, 1 through 3, that when we reset our lives on God, that we need to set our minds and our hearts on the things that are of God, the things of God. And in 2024, we need to renew our commitment to God. We need to renew our commitment to the things of God, to the things of God. We need to renew our commitment to the word of God. We need to renew the commit, our commitment to the word of God. We need the word of God in our lives. You need the word of God right now in your life more than you have ever needed the word of God in your life. You need to know this. You need to read this. And, and we're gonna have the soap guides as you leave that in 2024 as a church, we're gonna go through and read the whole Bible together. If you follow that soap guide from January to the end of December, you'll read the whole Bible with our church. And we, we want you to do that. We encourage you to follow along. It's, it's gonna be on the paper every two months. We're gonna hand that out. It's gonna be at the information center. It's gonna be online. You can download it on our website. We, we want you to read the Bible with us, but you need the word of God in your life. And not just to do it to kind of check off, you know, the checklist of like, I read the Bible, I'm a good Christian, I'm gonna go to heaven. Yeah, that's good. No, not for that reason, because you need the word of God to dissect your life, to dissect your heart, to enter your life and let it change you and let it form you and let it transform your life into being more like Christ and being more and having a heart after God and pursuing God, you need the word of God. And parents in this room, your kids need the word of God. And they need to see that their parents and their grandparents are reading the word of God. So it's more important for you, even on top of that, for you to get in this word of God and let it dissect your heart and dissect your mind and your life and transform you because your kids need the word of God. As they go to school, man, I don't care. I don't care if they're homeschooled, private school, or go to public school. They need the word of God in their life. They need to know this word so that they can stand 
firm and they can know the path that they're supposed to go. So they need parents and grandparents and uncles and aunts that know the word of God. So we need to renew our commitment to the word of God. Read the soap guide, follow along with this. Renew your commitment to the word of God. We need to renew our commitment to prayer into fasting. 21 days of prayer and fasting is coming up. Pastor Jeremy's kicking it off next Sunday. But even further than just 21 days of prayer and fasting, we need to renew our commitment to praying to God and seeking intimacy with God and seeking to hear his voice and seeking to know what he wants from us and and read through the word and learn from that. But then also to to surrender our lives and say, God, I'm, I'm putting aside my needs, my physical needs, and I'm submitting to you and I'm, I'm asking you uh, to, to use me and I'm asking you to transform me. So I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek after you. We need to renew our commitment to the community of God. I mean, if you don't have a godly community around you, you need to find a community of believers that can surround you, whether that's in a G group that's launching on the 21st or whether that's on Sundays, whether uh, that's outside the four walls of the church. You need a community of believers to surround yourself with, to encourage you, to encourage you when you fall, to encourage you when you're struggling. You need a body of believers to to help challenge you in your faith and help lead you and guide you and teach you. Uh, You need the community of God in your life. And in, in, in a month, we're having our Marriage Matters Conference on a Saturday morning, February 3rd. And for all married couples, you need married couples around you that are, that are walking through life and going through things that you are going through and people that have gone before you to, to look at you as a younger couple and be like, hey, we went through it and God is still faithful. God was faithful to us. Here's some things we did. You need godly community in your life. We need to renew our commitment to the community of God. We need to renew our commitment to the praise and the worship of God, to the praise and worship of God, to, to realizing that God is so great to us. And he has blessed us with so much. And so our response and our only response that we can do is praise and honor him and give him glory. We need to renew our, our commitment to the praise and the worship of God. And lastly, we need to renew our commitment to the mission of God, to renew our commitment to the uh, commitment to the mission of God, to go and tell others about God and what He's done for you, to testify to others that you were you were messed up in your past, that you messed up, but you are using it now as your message. You're you're using your past mistakes and telling others and helping others get through the. You you need to be on mission. For God to go and tell others about God and discipling them and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We, we need to renew our commitment because there's people that are lost and broken. Your neighbors need to hear about God. Your family members need to hear about God. Uh, this community needs to hear about God and his goodness. We need to renew our commitment to the things of God. In 2024, I want to encourage you, renew your commitment to the things of God. Renew your commitment to your relationship and your pursuit of God. So as we close today, we look back to Ephesians 2 in verse 10 where it says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And as I think about the message today, And I think about what we've talked about, how we need to reflect and reset and renew. 
I believe there's one consistent place that I want to enca- I want to challenge you, and I'm challenging myself too. I want to challenge you and encourage you to get to. And that place is a place of surrenderance, a place of surrendering your life to God. It says in Luke 9, verse 23, that, and it's not going to be on the screen, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. We need to get to this place of surrendering to God and being open to God to do a new thing in our lives, to be open to God to transform us and create us anew, to look back on what we've been through and to learn from that and to to strive after what God has for us and the plans and the purpose that he has for us, to renew our commitment to the things of God. But we have to surrender to him, to be open to him, just like David to come to God and say, God, I surrender. God, cleanse me, clean me, purify me, renew me, reset my life, renew my passion, renew my spirit for you, renew to me the joy of my salvation. That starts with surrendering. That starts with denying yourself and saying, God, I give you it all. I give you everything I have and I'm following you. So I wanna encourage you today to get to that place of surrenders. Every head bowed eyes closed. Maybe you're like David today. And you need need God to forgive you. You need God to to forgive you for the sins that you 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 have committed. And maybe this is your first time in this room that you would say that. And you need God to renew your life and forgive you. And if that is you today and you say, for the first time, I surrender to God. I surrender to his plan. If that's you today, would you just lift your hand? And maybe today you're in this room and and I feel like everybody can be in this place. But you would say, going into 2024, I want to get to a place of surrendering to God. I need God to move in my life. I need God to create me anew. I need... God to create me anew so it can transform generations to come and change generations to come after me. So it can change my family. It can change my relationships. It can change my marriage. It can change my pursuit of him. And I need to get to this place of surrender. If that is you today, would you just lift your hand as well? Amen. Many hands. God, I thank you today. God, we give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor, God, today. God, we surrender to you today. God, we ask, God, that lives be changed and transformed today. God, as as we go into 2024, for the person in this room, God, that feels like junk, that doesn't feel like your masterpiece, God, I pray, God, that you would heal their heart. God, that you would heal their brokenness. God, that they would see themselves through your lens and through your eyes and how you see them, God. God, I pray for the person in this room, God, that just needs, God, to be created anew. God, that you, they need you to refresh them. God, they need you to transform their lives, God, for the first time, God. God, I pray, God, that you refresh them. God, that you renew them. God, that you transform them, God. God, we surrender to you. Going into 2024, God, we surrender to you and we ask you to move. We love you and we praise you and we give it the glory. And everybody said, amen. 
Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day, and God bless.